Welcome, welcome to another episode of the TagCast. I am Fenrir765, and oh man, I am joined by a man that just knows how to live life to the best without pants, and that is Optimus <laughs> Fett. How are you doing, sir? That's right. I have still not worn pants. Still. Still wearing shorts every day out here in the desert. It's wonderful. I feel like uh, we should start tallying it up, like on the wall of like your game room, just like little tally marks with the slash for the five, and we keep going, and we can, you know, petition the Guinness Book of Records and be like the man who hasn't worn pants in so it's many been days. A couple right? of years. It's been a couple <laughs> of years. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it, like? I guess here's a question for you: like, what, what random world record would you like to set? Uh, I I don't know, Finn. That's that's a really random question. I know we can we can come back to that later yeah, in the yeah. show as yeah, you think I about agree. it. But I mean, it's uh, <laughs> uh, Tony's over here bringing up some uh, conversation in our Discord server uh, in our general channel about the term bucket list. Uh, apparently, Reddit is ablaze with it uh, over there. Uh, I was following the conversation on our discord and i was like that's an interesting question yeah i mean about whether it came from the movie or whether it was something before the movie i don't yes. know i don't remember i i think you know i don't ghost, know if i care yeah but it's still an interesting conversation like ghost touch said it it's the yeah i guess the juxtaposition of it all is mm-hmm. fascinating to dive into so yeah well think about the buck or not the bucket list wow think about the Guinness Book of Records. Maybe we'll come back to that. Maybe we'll forget about it as we record this show. But hey, man, we're here. We're recording live. We have some people in the audience chatting along with us in our podcast channel. And uh, we got a lot to talk about because it's it's been a busy couple weeks since we last recorded. But before that, Hop, tell me what you're playing because you've been uh, getting some game time in on some uh, some new stuff lately. Let's see. Well, Dying Light 2 came out and... Uh... On the Series X, I've tried, I've messed around with all three video modes quite a bit, but I mostly just play on performance mode. Once in a while, I like to look at the game on resolution mode, and I'm like, man, that looks good. But then when I go to move the camera, I'm like, oh, God, but it's so choppy. And then I tried it once on the quality mode, which is 1080p, 30 frames, but with ray trace shadows. And as neat as the detail looks on the shadows, again, the, the lack of motion blur and the choppiness of the movement, I was like, nope. So basically, I just play on the 1080p, 60 mode. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm digging the story. The gameplay is really cool. I like all the new moves. I'm sort of bummed that the co-op's completely broken, and we've tried a few times, and it just won't. You'd be lucky if you can get 15 minutes with somebody before the game just kicks them out or you get kicked out. Uh, so that's kind of annoying. Um, I'll probably shelve it for a little while and wait for a patch. As, as cool and as neat as it is, I just... Uh, I don't. I have a low tolerance threshold for broken games, uh, and I think only because it was so new and something different, and I was in a holding pattern waiting for some other stuff to come out that I was like, "Oh, cool, something new to play," and now I'm like, "Ah, eh, it's kind of busted." Um, let's see, um, Call of Duty Vanguard Season Two just started. There's some new new maps to play, which are both really nice. There's Casablanca and Gondola. 
those are both really nice some new weapons they're going to be adding some more new modes and some new zombie stuff which i have sort of dabbled in but i haven't really gone nuts with it because i only played zombies once so far but the new area is really cool uh i broke five million on battle garega which took me quite a while and now i want to break six million i want to i want to get a one credit finish on the game i don't know if i'll be able to do that without playing that game exclusively but it's something that long-term I'm going to chip away at. And then I flew to New Zealand on Sunday so that I could begin playing King of Fighters 15, which if you pre-ordered the Deluxe Edition went live Monday for folks in the United States, but um, if you set your Xbox in New Zealand, it went live Sunday. Uh, this is the fighting game I've been waiting for. We have a 2D fighting game made by SNK in the classic vein of their Neo Geo fighters. It reminds me a lot of Street Fighter 4 in that it's the old game but with some new mechanics. There's guard cancels, guard breaks, uh, throw cancels, throw recoveries, super cancels. It's just it's everything you'd want as, as a crazy 2D fighting game fan with really nice graphics, great music, lots of characters, and they're going to be adding more. And really good online code with lobbies that you can make with your friends it checks all those boxes that i bitch about whenever a fighting game comes out if there's one downside to king of fighters 15 the story arcade story mode is kind of weak and silly but that's pretty typical for an snk game and i really wasn't expecting anything like a nether realm style story from it so that's kind of been what i've been playing the past week or so with you know a little bit of forza mixed in which i'll probably jump on tonight after the show other than that what have you been uh what have you been hitting up there, Finn? I've still been toying around with Halo. Uh, I think that game will always be something I go back to throughout the year. I just love it. I absolutely love it. And Rainbow Six Extraction, I got a couple more missions ran in it. It is definitely a game that you just have to play with people you know. Playing with randoms is not good. That's how the regular Rainbow was. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I think it's just because when you play with randoms, you don't really know each other's style. Like it's not like people boot you out and they're jerks. It's just, you just don't know how they're going to play the game. You for stealing their character. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's just, it, it, you just don't have the fluid and the cohesiveness. Right. And, and that's really what that game type needs. You just need to be able to communicate and count on the people you're playing with. And, a lot of times the randoms they end up doing the opposite of what you're trying to do or try ask you know trying to build up to and then they just go and run in there and, you know Leroy Jenkins the place and now you're getting swarmed by all these alien zombie things so yeah I, I really do like it I, I think it's a fantastic game and I want to get through all of the story missions and see what all the different environments look like but but it's just gonna take some some time and some people to play with and then I downloaded Nobody Saves the World. It's a one of those games that's less than a gig, so it easily just hangs out on your uh, internal hard drive for no big uh, with no big consequence at all. But it's a you know top down kind of hack and slash, I don't know like Zelda ish style game that has some really cool mechanics where you kind of get these different characters that you can unlock and change into, uh, and then you can kind of mix and match abilities and powers. So I've been having fun with it. The story's kind of all, uh, kind of you know, very over the top and it engaging. So there's some been some chuckles with it, which you know every game needs a little bit of chuckle here and there. And then, like you, I've been playing Dying Light when you know as the bulk of my time over the last few weeks, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm still not outside of the first main area that you start out in. And from what it sounds like from people in tag, it sounds like the first area things run pretty well. And then once you open up the rest of the world, it that's when you start seeing a lot more bugs. And so it seems probably. Like- I mean, also just the fact that I, mean, I would probably play the game a lot more if co-op actually worked because mm-hmm. there's some crazy side quests that man, it just you know it was designed to be with three or four people because there's way too many fucking zombies to kill by yourself. I'm like, no, this was made for co-op. This is ridiculous. Well, yeah, and I haven't even tried co-op because of everybody saying it it all the disconnects and how bad it is overall. So and I'm also fearful because I'm worried somebody's gonna join my game and then they're gonna lose everything and 
then nobody will play a game like this with me ever again because I've had such bad luck with that in the last year. So right. um, yeah, I wouldn't know what I wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah, you would know. You've never felt that pain of losing everything, right? As Ubo is screaming in our chat, um, Tony asked, uh, "Are we going to play Crossfire X?" And I. I plan on trying it. Uh, I plan on downloading it yeah, and seeing what it's like, but I just haven't gotten I have to it yet. Not, yeah, I have not tried it yet either. Yeah. I was thinking I might wait for a couple patches. It sounds like it sounds like it has a lot of potential. The campaign I want to play because Remedy worked on it, and I've heard good things. So. so I didn't know this about it until I was listening to another podcast, and that there are two campaigns. and what? Yeah, but one of them's on Game Pass, and the other one is you have to purchase and interesting and, but they're super short. Uh, I think the campaigns are oh, like three okay. hours each, but, and they are connected to each other too. So, uh, yeah, I haven't, you know, Tony, I do agree with you. There's been a lot of bad press about it and, you know, I'm not one to con- sit there and completely go, Nope. Yeah, I'm not going to play a game because of everybody that I don't know is talking negatively about it. But one day, you know, I, I'll definitely get to it and I will jump in and try it out. I don't know if the multiplayer will have any staying power for me because there's other so many other multiplayer games that I'm enjoying. But I will definitely look into the campaign because, like Hop said, Remedy did it. And Remedy's always been kind of a lights out uh, storytelling studio. So, you know, eventually I'll get to it, maybe. Because February is a busy, busy month of games, and if you're not playing games, we would love to have you on our show. The The TagCast is always looking for guests to come on, talk about what they like to talk about, what they're playing, what is going on in the world, gaming, responding to the news, or you know, if you have a deep dive you'd really want to chat about something specific in the gaming world, let us know, and we would love to have you come on and share those thoughts. Again, just let Hop or me know in our Discord server, and we'll get you on the books because we'd love to have you. And we also record twice a month. So it's not like you have to join us for a long, long commitment unless you're into that kind of thing. We'll we'll, we'll talk about it. Right. Hop, you know, long commitments. Me and you have been doing this for, you know, four uh, years. Maybe, almost. Uh, have a talk about it, you know? <laughs> uh. Um, so yeah, the news, man, it's been, uh, it's been kind of crazy for the last couple of weeks. Like right after we recorded, uh, it just seemed like everybody wanted to drop all these, big news stories and talk all these interesting things that are going on. So have you heard of this game though, called Martha is dead? No, just today I saw some stuff about it and I was like, what the hell is this? All right. So, so, no. <laughs> so I heard, I saw some stuff about it a while ago and you know, everything I heard was and saw was like, this game is going to be over the top in terms of horror and gruesome and gore. And uh, it's going to be, really interactive you're going to be seeing and doing a lot of things in the game that are just probably going to be nuts right and so then martha the the studios that made it they came out with this tweet and they said hey we're on track for our release date and we're going to release digitally on time on all the systems but however playstation has Put in a request, if you will, to, I don't know if the right word is censor, but to to essentially cut out parts of the game because of how, I guess, violent or grotesque they are. And, you know, so Sony saying, take this out of your game, otherwise you can't release it on our platform. And so in order to do that, they can do it digitally, but the physical release on PlayStation will have a small delay for a number of weeks. And they made this big long post and it's went off like a firestorm across Twitter and social media. People are just like, how could Sony do this? How could they, uh, you know, change or censor the creators of this game? I mean, it was like a firestorm and, and again, this game hasn't come out yet. We've only just seen bits and pieces of it. And there's video of supposed of what the supposed of scene was, which I didn't watch, but from the descriptions of it, it's pretty gnarly. And I mean, this game isn't for me anyways, I would have never played it, but 
I mean, do you feel like there's a slippery slope here with this hop? Well, it's like any any other medium, I think. It, it, this goes all the way back to the Grand Theft Auto 3 controversy. I, I really think that subjective is art. Some people really like that kind of stuff, and other people don't. And I think if you don't like it, don't play it. And, and I think if certain companies want to censor it because they feel like they need to gatekeep their standards, then that's what these companies will have to deal with. I mean, the open... The open market's always a PC, right? You can pretty much publish anything, do anything on there. You yeah. know, if you're making a game for Nintendo, there are certain standards you have to adhere to. Although Nintendo's relaxed a lot more, at least they allow Mortal Kombat with all the fatalities on their systems now because they saw how bad it hurt their bottom line <laughs> with Mortal Kombat 1. But yeah, I mean, I think... If it's something really horrific, like a murder simulator, a rape simulator, something disgusting like that, I think that that's really kind of drawing the line. But if it's just horror, like, I mean, there's so many horror movies that I wouldn't watch because I'm like, fuck that. That sounds fucking freaky as hell. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's all subjective, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. And I agree. That's that's Hop's Hot Take. That's a new segment on the show, (laughs) Hop's Hot Takes. It'll be interesting, and we won't know exactly what has been cut until the game comes out. And, I mean, you would think that there's got to be something pretty intense for Sony to say, nope, take that out. And, I guess you're right. It'll be interesting to see what happens once this is all said and done. But what I can tell you is Amazon has apparently been killing it in their uh, multi-massive MMOs that they've been releasing. They have released two MMOs in the past year. Oh, God, the the first one is I'm drawing a huge blank on on what it's called, but they just came out with a game called Lost Ark, and it was free-to-play to start with. I don't know if this will be a permanent thing, but it had... Past it is now number two on Steam's all-time peak of concurrent players uh, with over 1.3 million players. Do you know what the first game on Steam's concurrent player list or all-time concurrent player list is, Hop? No, sir. At 3.25 million players at one time, it was a, uh, a game you and I are, have been diving into a lot more lately, and that was is PUBG random yeah so 3.2 million they're about you know a little less than half of that uh ubo told me it was new world was amazon's other game so yeah amazon has kind of knocked it out of the park with two mmos in the past year so uh more power to them i know we have a couple people in our discord server like five or six people that really are playing a hardcore so if you're interested definitely come into our our co-op mmo channel and talk about it now, Hop, a studio that you absolutely love, Capcom, is been has been teasing an announcement that oh. is supposed to come out this weekend. And what do you what do you think it might be? What I hope is the announcement of Street Fighter Six for all platforms with full cross play. Yeah. What I'm guessing is it's going to be something i don't care about (laughs) or the other thing that i'm waiting for is uh there was a bunch of rumors that dropped a week or two ago about the refinements they're doing to the resident evil 4 remake like they did two and three and that's what's going to support the new playstation vr and but it'll also be on pc and xbox uh i'm excited for that coming out which means i need to get busy and finish my resident evil 3 remake Got to go back and finish that. <laughs> I finished the two remake, started the three remake, got sidetracked by Resident Evil 8, and have not gone back to the three remake. Ubo's hoping that uh, Sony will buy Capcom with this announcement. I will kick you in the nuts personally, Ubo. I will buy a fucking plane ticket <laughs> to <laughs> Canada and kick you in the nuts. <laughs> you mean you mean Trenton, New Jersey, right? Yeah, Trent, New Jersey. Yeah. 
He's laughing, jackass. Um, so moving on, the next story is Infinity Ward has come out and pretty much said they are not happy with the state of Warzone right now. And they has gone far as said we fucked up stuff up. According yes, to this an is interview. interesting. So I read a bunch of these stories, you know, being yes. a fan of the series. Um Warzone was never supposed to exist past that one year with Modern Warfare. But it was so popular that they decided to keep it. And if you remember before Cold War came out, people found leaked images of a map for a Cold War battle royale that had all of the fire team maps like linked together. That was supposed to be the next Warzone. There was supposed to be a different iteration of Warzone with just like every year there's a new Call of Duty with new multiplayer, new operators, new guns. It was supposed to be Warzone year two cold war only it wasn't going to carry over all your stuff but the original warzone was so big and so popular they decided to try and take butter and a shoehorn and throw the cold war operators and guns into warzone which started breaking the game and then now with the third year of warzone and vanguard and them incorporating vanguard into warzone that's dude it's so broken right now i don't i don't even want to play it i don't even want to fire it up I'm probably just going to stay away unless I hear it's like fix fixed. Well, because of all that, they have gone ahead and announced Warzone right. 2. Warzone 2, which is going to be <laughs> on a new engine from the ground up. Right. I was, and uh, all the games from now on are going to use this engine, which is what they should have done in the first place. But what do I know? Uh, yeah. So I'm just sad because we almost had a Blackout 2. Can you imagine if we oh, would have had that cold war war zone i would probably still play that i would still play it i totally would be playing that because i loved blackout yeah so i absolutely loved it well you know yeah getting obviously and then they also announced uh modern war the sequel to modern warfare 2019 uh will be coming as well so you know we'll there's a lot of exciting things coming with Call of Duty. And speaking of Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard games, uh, Microsoft has talked about bringing the uh, those games to Nintendo Switch or Nintendo consoles, rather. Which a version of them? Yes. I mean, I mean, I guess you could probably get Call of Duty on there. I mean, it would have to be running at 480 or 720, <laughs> maybe with. The lowest settings. They might have to make a new a ported build. Like, did yeah. you know that Treyarch ported a version of Ghosts to run on the Wii? Mm-mm. The Infinity Ward made Call of Duty Ghosts. Treyarch ported a version to run on the Wii. So I could see them doing something like that where they take a team and they have to strip it down for a lower, lower uh, level system. Although if their newer engines are scalable, that that may just work anyway. Yeah. Uh, at at the end, I mean, it could all just be through game streaming too, right? And, you know, streaming through some kind of app, which would be interesting. They're, they are it, testing but, that on the Switch, so, yeah. But, I mean, not only are they talking about that, they also talked about they the fact that they will honor existing deals and oh, what's the exact quote? I mean, it was something along the lines of, to be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term platform of any existing agreement with Activision. And we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. I mean... That that is coming in the wake of Sony buying Bungie and Bungie staying multi-plat, and also people are speculating that a statement of this nature, as well as honoring the existing deals, is just so they can get through certification with the uh, was it SEC or whoever is in charge of those things. So once all that's said and done, and after those you know 2023 or 2024, whatever it is, then eventually everything becomes exclusive again. I don't know. 
it's too far away to tell. All I know is I'm happy that they are honoring the deals and people on PlayStation who enjoy those games get to continue playing Call of Duty games and possibly Diablo and whatnot that are already existing on that platform. I think it's good for everybody if that stays that way. You know, future titles, whatever this new Blizzard survival game that's coming out that they just announced, like that being exclusive on the Microsoft system or Xbox ecosystem, you know, fine, whatever. But, you know, I've maintained this statement since the Blizzard, or not Blizzard, Bethesda deal. I really think that it's going to be great if those existing IPs that have been on the multi-platform systems continue to do that. You know, Elder Scrolls 6, that'd be awesome if they kept it on PlayStation as well. That's my soapbox. I'll get off of it now. But I'm a, I'm happy that that's the case for at least Call of Duty. Uh, Hop, I know I just kind of ranted there, but your thoughts? <laughs> that was all good, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I really... I don't have any skin in the game, and I think uh, them owning that company, if they want to maximize profits, and I think keeping, especially something like Call of Duty multi-platform, they may take a couple of things and change them to specific if the sales aren't worth it or whatever. But I mean, whatever. I don't. I don't really care. All I want is what I want out of this deal is I want them to slow down the release of Call of Duty to every other year, and I want them to allow those really great developers like Infinity Ward and Treyarch and Sledgehammer more time to make the games better, be solid at release. I would love two years of a battle pass if the game was fun and then be like, oh, this next one looks really cool and you're more excited because it's been two years and you're ready for another new team of operators or a new setting. Like when they change the setting every year, you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Like you just, I don't know. It was fun for a while, but I think it's getting long in the tooth now. And I think the gamers are feeling it too. Yeah. Well, and it would make more sense, especially with the Warzone two, if that if they're gonna have that on a two year rotation, like Warzone, the next Warzone with with Modern Warfare twenty nineteen part two or whatever they're calling this game, and then two years after that we get um, you know Black Ops whatever they're calling it five or. <laughs> I mean, Black Ops 2023, who knows what they're going to call it. God, uh, can we get beyond numerals? <laughs> Just call it something. Well, they did that with, yeah. they did that with, with Cold yeah, War. So. Yeah. Well, so the next thing is, you know, we know that you're, you're kind of making the request that Call of Duty kind of stretch out their dev cycles a little bit more so we're not getting inundated with a game every single year. But do you remember that little game called Duke Nukem Forever, Pop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like it took forever. Yeah, it took absolutely forever to come out. We knew about it for a really long time, and then it failed, and they sold it off to somebody else who, or Gearbox, who finally finished it with mostly the assets that were already done, and then shipped it out, and it was utter garbage, right? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two apparently is still in pre-production after being announced. What? Six quite a ways back, five, yeah. seven, six like, years ago, whatever it was. The first game was really good too. Oh, it was so amazing. I why? Why? It was amazing. Were... And then they announced the sequel, and then they had that trailer that looked absolutely amazing. And yeah, the game is still in pre-production, and and the uh, original creator of the game, who was came back to uh, Ubisoft to to rebuild this game. They uh they left the project yet again. So, boy, this sounds like troubled water. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least it's in pre-production. It's not like they've gone like you know a third of the way through the game and they have to like scratch it all or you know rebuild it. But you know, you know, stop getting my hopes up with this thing. Just either don't speak about it, or you know, just say it's dead in the water. You know, I, I'm I'm tired tired of it. Right. So, I. If it comes out, great. If it doesn't, just let it die in a peaceful way. Uh, The next thing is, you know, as we talked about in our last episode, you know, are games getting too far into other mediums and things? Well, guess what? Netflix announces they are doing a Bioshock movie. I think a movie may be the wrong path for this franchise, 
but you know, I guess you could do it right. I think a TV series would be better, but hey, here we go. And we had a long conversation on our Discord server. Would animate? Would an animated show or movie work better for this, or a site or a live action? And were, you know, were people just trying to hurt you? Is that uh, what this is? No, they. I, I just said the animate. Like animation doesn't hold my attention as long as you know, live action, which, you know, maybe a movie, I'll be fine with it. Like I loved into the spider verse, love that movie. And it was two hours and I could digest it, ingest it, whatever, and be done with it, move on and, and, and love it. But the, for some reason, animated shows just kind of, I don't know, I get bored or just lose interest. I don't know what it is. I just doesn't keep me entertained. but either way, Bioshack, Bioshack, wow, Bioshock. Bioshack, Bioshack, the movie is the one we all really want to see. (laughs) You know, now I got the Love Shack thing or song playing in my head, but they're just saying Bioshack instead. Um, anyways, I think it's uh, it's a, it's a franchise ripe for any kind of film, TV, or movie. So that'd be fun, right? What do you think? Uh, I think it'd be good. I mean, I think there's probably a way to make that a really... I mean, at one point, Gore Verbinski, Pirates of the Caribbean, was attached to a movie version that was announced like five, six years ago, but it never got off the ground. So there were some treatments out there. Maybe maybe they have an idea, and and, uh, hopefully it's good. If I remember correctly, though, like Ken Levine was like a screenwriter or try to do a lot of film projects before he got into video games. If I recall the story of his life, right. And now he's kind of in this weird nebulous place with whatever game he's building for with his new studio. I can't remember who is it take two that uh, owns the studio or their parent company or whatever, but I don't know, whatever. I, I just, Bioshock is such a cool franchise. I loved Bioshock 1, I love Bioshock 3. Bioshock 2 was okay, but Minerva's Den DLC was the best out of that uh, game. So I, I really can't wait to see what happens. And obviously, if Netflix is announcing it now, then there's a real chance, or it's pretty strong that it's coming at some point in time here soon. And of course, we always have to look forward to, you know what it is, Hop, the Borderlands movie. We always, oh <laughs> yeah, Dev. Let's but, get on to some better news. Like, yes. like today, the one point five next gen patch for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven launched. And even if you have the older consoles, the patch fixes a lot of bugs. It doesn't really improve the graphics too much, but it fixes a lot of bugs. But anyway, this is a huge update for this game. Uh, you know what we. I played it on a release and uh, I enjoyed it, but I never finished it because unfortunately it ran at 1080p 60 or you could do like this sort of crappy soft looking 4k 30 mode that ran like garbage. Uh, but now with the new patch on uh, series X and PS five, you get a 4k 60 performance mode or a 4k 30 mode with some ray trace shadows. Um, I think the performance mode looks amazing. The ray trace shadows mode, there's a little bit of a difference you can see on some of the shadows, but I don't think it's worth the 30 frame performance difference. Um, The Series S only gets a a 1440p 30 frame mode that they're calling a hybrid. Uh, But all the other updates just look really cool. There's a lot of quality of life improvements. You can get different apartments. You can customize your character more. It looks like they fixed a lot of the annoying skills that were busted. They they definitely put in the work. And probably had they been able to delay the game another year, it would have launched in a better state. But, you know, this is like modern gaming. This is why I'm thinking about shelving Dying Light for a while. Because it'll probably get better while they patch it and I can go back and play one of these busted games. that's now working better. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited to dive back into that. I don't even know where I was in the story when I decided I was just going to take a break for a while. And I don't know. I hope I don't run into the same reason why I stopped playing 
which was, I just kind of had a lull and then so many other things came out that I just kind of was like, I don't mind waiting. I mainly, I mainly stopped because I knew that they were going to fix it eventually. And I was like, you know, I'm early enough in the game that I could probably restart it. Yeah. Which is awesome. Cause I've heard only great things about it in the end. And I, I do want to get back to it. So now that this is out, you know, once I get through a couple other games this month, maybe month of March. Well, nope, month of March is already booked with another game. So I don't know when I'll get to it. To be couple. honest, there's a couple, right? We got yeah. you. Your your big game is Elden Ring, which is then, next week. Oh baby, oh man! And then uh, I know for me, uh, the Borderlands spinoff, yep. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be that's gonna be a crack addiction for me come march i'm trying I'm just to hoping play I can... it cool not look at anything but you know what's yep. going to happen to me the week before that game comes out i'm gonna i hope and i can roll credits right when tiny tina's wonderlands releases so i can just boot that game right up and keep going from elden ring because i am excited for both of those games so much nice. and i refuse to watch anything about either of those games and yeah I will... i've kind of stopped looking at anything for wonderlands i will not kick anybody that tries to ruin it for me i will i will buy an airplane ticket like cop will and i will show up on your doorstep and not kick you like that's how serious i am about this so anyways just as serious as we are about our community gaming at tag tuesday nights Tuesday nights, we're alternating Forza Horizon 5, cross-platform play, Xbox and PC, and Halo Infinite, same. And tonight, this is February 15th, we have a Forza 5 night, so if you're listening live, the guy should be booting up Forza Horizon 5 pretty soon. And next Tuesday, the 22nd, will be Halo Infinite. Thursday nights is the, for the remaining of this month, February 17th. We're going to attempt some Gears 3 now that it runs at 60 frames on your uh, 1X or Series X uh, with the BC mode. And then February 24th, Guacamelee 2, which I didn't even know had a multiplayer mode. I never played it. I only played the first one. So um, Friday nights... Fight Club is about to heat up big time because the newly released King of Fighters 15 is here, and I think all the serious Fight Club fans are picking that game up. Sorry for the uh, casuals. We'll make room for you once in a while, but it's about to get hot and heavy with some King of Fighters. Finn, what's going on with those books? Well, I'm about to call a fellow council member out, but we do not have a book chosen for this uh month so right now we're just reading a book from a last uh month which is called the black company i want to see say uh book club channel there it is and it is the black company the chronicles of the black company number one chosen by a captain nink so until then uh hopefully next next episode i will have a month a book club of the a book of the month for march for our book club participants to discuss club of the book for the month of the yes. club of the book club yep. month that's it those <laughs> words got me um well hop you know me and you've had this conversation several times over our uh live together of gaming and it, you know we've gotten to know each other pretty well life. That would be our life together in gaming. Yes, life together in gaming. You know, do you, sir? No. Anyways, um, we... Kind of like that. <laughs> we have played a lot of games together. We've talked about a lot of games on the show, off the show, you know, in the Discord. And, you know, we were talking the other day. There's been several times like on Twitter and even in our own discord or other shows, we've heard like people talking about a one game that defines you as a gamer. Right. And we were like, damn, that that's an impossible feat to pick just one game. And then we were like, all right, let's like do 10 games that define you. And we sat there and we we're like, yeah, we can come up with 10 games. And then we thought, I don't think anybody's going to listen to the show after we get past like three games. So we try to narrow our list down to three games that define us. So 
hop, I want, let's go back and forth. Let's just kind of announce one game and talk a little bit about why that game defines you because it's not necessarily about it being the best game of the, at the time or the most uh, popular game, if you will. It's just the game that is important to you in your life and your gaming history, right? So I'm going to let you start because I found this interesting that the first game that you wrote is happens to be the same franchise, but maybe a different part of that franchise for me. So go ahead and share your bit. Okay, so um, let's see. Let's go back. Let's go back to the lovely world of the early 1980s and me just being a kid. And there were video games. I played the arcade. I played Donkey Kong. I played... You know, various arcade stand-ups that I love. Robotron. We had the Radio Shack Pong machine at home. We had an Atari 2600. They were kind of fun. Like, it was kind of fun to chase a high score on Yars Revenge or anything like that. Uh, Fast forward Christmas 88. I got the Nintendo Entertainment System Power Pad set. And it came with Super Mario, Duck Hunt, and a world-class track meet, and a zapper, two controllers, and a power pad. And that, like, that was probably the day that forever I became a gamer. (laughs) And that video games were never going to leave my life because I was like, this is amazing. But fast forward a little bit, and... Because uh, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt and the track meet and maybe the other couple first games I bought were still kind of in that arcade style game. You turn them on, you play for a little bit, there might be some levels you clear and then you shut them off. And it was one of those things where you had to turn it back on and start from the beginning every time. And I saw a commercial for this game by Nintendo. It was a strange commercial and it was for a game called The Legend of Zelda. And I was like, what is that game? So... uh my brother and I had some money and my dad was going to run an errand. So he took us with him and we went up to the store and it was like the drugstore, and they sold Nintendo games there. Cause basically in the eighties, every store that wanted to make money sold Nintendo games, right? Even the grocery stores had them <laughs> and they had legend of Zelda and it was on sale. My brother and I were like, Oh, let's get that. So bam, we plopped on our money, came home, knew nothing about the game. We fire the game up and you have to like name your guy. And you go and you talk to this old man, you find the sword, and then what do you do? You walk around, and something crazy happened. I was in this almost open world. I had the freedom to kind of go anywhere I wanted as long as I had the right tools to get through areas. And when I was done with the game or I died, it would save. And I could pick up where I was the next day. I didn't have to start the whole game from the beginning. And that introduced me to the concept of these kind of role-playing adventure games and to this day i still love that's one of my favorite genres of gaming and i just that was the first game that really got me into that kind of gaming it it introduced me to a kind of gaming that i didn't know existed um and it was really really fun i could still probably play the original legend of zelda to this day it was a very well made well designed game all right finn so yeah like when I saw you put that on your list, I was like, no way. Granted, mine was a uh, was a Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. And Which is my favorite in the whole Zelda series. Yeah. But so, I had to put the first one because that's the one that introduced me to yeah. that style of gaming. I missed it on the Nintendo Entertainment System and I had I am I am like ten years older than you. So Well, I had a Nintendo Entertainment System before the Super Nintendo came out and I played it quite a bit. I just never got that game. And I was you know it's interesting because it's kinda of, you said it earlier, you know, there was a game that just kinda of turned you into a gamer, right? And you played games, sure, whatever. It was something to do in your free time. So then I played, when I played Link to the Past, like that was the first game I played and I said, oh, hell, this is something I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, right? You know, and I was imagining playing, you know, Super Nintendo games for the rest of my life. And and the fun fact, really, of this whole thing is I never even had a Super Nintendo I played the hell of that game at my cousin's house. And then I was over at friends' wow. houses. Like I like I was that person who was like, Yeah, sure, I'm gonna go use the restroom and then somehow end up in 
wherever their Super Nintendo was and playing Link to the Past. Like, I was a weird little dude about it. I don't know. Like, I just got hooked on that game. And, yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, I just got hooked on it and I had to play it. And so I, you know, went through some phases when I got a little older where I would download, uh, emulators, you know, I would download things that will allow you to play games that you owned in a, you can say emulators. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had some emulations of that game and I loved it. And I mean, I have it on my phone and I play it on my phone every now and then when I'm absolutely bored, but it was just a game that really made me realize that this hobby was for me. And so it will always have a special place in my heart. It will always be something that I think I could play a thousand times and never get old with it. And, you know, it was, such a massive game right at the time and there's just so much to do there's different ways to go about the end of the game different you know i guess mods right or you know evolutions of some of the weapons you can get that if you never got them and make it harder and then you can watch all these videos about people like you know didn't you were you telling me you had a friend that beat it with uh only using the lantern right yeah, that was on the original. Oh, on the I don't original. know if okay. he. I don't know if he did anything crazy like that to um, link to the past. I'm not sure yeah. if there is. I bet well, you you could beat that game, um, you know, in a stripped down way. But it was pretty open ended. Yeah. Either way, that was just the game that really def- made me realize that this was a hobby that was going to live with me for the rest of my life. So I'll probably be that dude in the nursing home when I'm, you know, 80, 90 years old and jamming out to some super, I will find a way to get a super Nintendo. I mean, it's the one reason I bought a SNES mini was mini. Yeah. was because That's of link to the past. Link I mean, there, the were, past. there were other games in there that are great, but that was like the reason. Cause I want my daughter to play that game. Like I want it to be a thing. So yeah. Now, if you haven't, I highly recommend for your SNES Mini that you get the 8-bit no wireless controllers. I have two of them. I have yeah. one that's Super Nintendo colored and one that's Super Famicom colored because they offer both. I need to uh, pick that up. Because those controller cords were way too oh, short. Yeah, on that it was thing. awful. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. And thanks for the reminder. I will put that on the list because I would love to bring that down to my basement so I can like lounge yeah. back and, and play that on my you know, 65 inch TV. Cause when I was playing link to the past, it was always like on a tiny ass oh, TV. TV. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember there was a time where I played it on a black and white, you know, one of those like portable TVs. Just, I, I God, I love that game. Um, my next Shit. game was a game that we, oh, we were going back and forth. Okay. Go ahead. I'll let you go. Right, and and I went, and then you went. It's my turn, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it. You're excited. I'm, I'm switching the order just because the release times make more sense. Okay. Uh, okay. Go so, ahead. fast forward, I'm in high school. And uh, earlier, like in junior high, I had played this game. I would see it at the store. I'd see it at the arcade, but it was really rudimentary. And that was, was Street Fighter 1, the arcade game. I loved the idea of it, but the gameplay was kind of clunky. It didn't grab me. Like, I'd play it, and I was like, ah, oh, this game's frustrating. Um, I think it was fall or summer of 91, 92, when Street Fighter 2 dropped in the arcade. And that changed everything. Again, just like Zelda introduced me to... Um, one-on-one fighting but it was like the first game where I would go and play tournaments and we would go with our friends and everybody would have a roll of quarters and you'd put your quarters up and it was like all right who's next and there would be like there'd be one guy at the at the arcade you know that we would meet that would be the older guy that that knew all the characters and would beat everybody and um, I mean to this day I still love fighting games uh, I was very vocal about my disappointment in Street Fighter V being a exclusive to one console that I don't own. Uh, so I'll be excited if six is multi-platform, but 
I still love that series. I still love fighting games. And that was the one that kind of started that whole genre. And I just happened to be there at the time that it did. Um, and I bought every iteration of that from Super Nintendo to Genesis to PlayStation to Saturn to it's on your Super Nintendo mini. Uh, <laughs> have it everywhere. That's awesome. I mean, Street Fighter like, was an awesome game, especially Street Fighter 2. I definitely had some fun playing that game, but not to the extent that you got into it. I will say for me, my next game came from a short period of my life when I decided to build a PC and I was like, Hey, I'm going to build this PC and then I'm going to play this game called half-life two, which was a fantastic game. And one of the, my all time favorite games of all time. Wow. Yeah, that sounded differently words, in my head. Words are hard. <laughs> words are hard. And then it just came out, and I couldn't stop myself. But Half-Life 2, I loved it, played it. And then, you know, they started coming out with all those mods, right? Day of Defeat, Alien Swarm. And then there was one called Counter-Strike. And I was like, I'm, I'm interested in this game. So I, I downloaded it and started playing it. And I got it's hilarious, hooked. you know. That I also had a fierce Counter-Strike addiction. Oh, yeah. It was it was fierce. pretty intense. It was the only game I played pretty much yes. forever. And yes. I, <laughs> you know, I played it. And, and the reason why this game is one of my games that define me is not necessarily because of how much I played it, but more because it was the first game that really I really played multiplayer, right? It was the first time I really played with other people and talk to other people that I didn't know who they were. I, you know, face to face wise, but I got to know them, you know, like we have in our tag community. And I, I really made some friends and some good bonds through that game during that period of time in my life. And, and, you know, kind of a full disclosure moment. Like there was a, there was a year during that time I was playing counter-strike where I really do believe that the connection I made with those people you know, kept me from probably making some bad choices in my own life for several reasons. So with that, I I also made some really cool friends from that, some friends that, that we became really close and I was in clans and yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that was like, I, I joined my first clan in that and I did do some counter-strike leagues. I wasn't, you know, we weren't very great at it, but we did do it and it was fun. Like it, you know, it just, and also, like I said, it introduced me into like a lot of things that like, I didn't think I would have been interested in. Like I helped, I started learning about web design because I wanted to build a website for our clan or, you know, flash and things like that to make, you know, animated logos or whatever. And it just kind of ignited this fire inside of me that I didn't really know because I wanted to, you know, add to the community I was part of. And it was just awesome, and it was it and it was a fun game. Yeah, there was hackers and cheaters everywhere for a long period of time, and then, you know, then they finally came out with one point six, which was the start of Steam, and you know something changed, and a lot of people just kind of disappeared, and unfortunately, like many of those people that I played hours and hours and hours on end with, like you know, we just kind of grew apart. Granted, I was much younger then, and life hadn't gone to the route that I'm at now. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how well those friendships may have lasted, but it's just, it was interesting. It was, I guess it was the first like real online game that I played that developed a connection with other people across the country, uh, across the world even. And I, you know, will always remember that. And like I said, which kind of leads me to where I am today. Right. You know, eventually, I got tired of playing a lot of single player games and I started looking for new communities and, and that's how I got to the adult gamer. And, and we have a pretty special thing going on here, even if Tony and Ubo are in the community on a regular basis. Right. So, um, I'm kidding guys. I'm joking, but hop game number three for you. 
Uh, okay, yeah, it is my turn. Okay, uh, game number three. So, around, give or take, six months to a year from the time Street Fighter 2 came out, this was like, this is why this is all such, like, ingrained in me. This all happened in those peak years where you kind of form your genesis of your personality those teen years uh another little game came out and it would be the game that would probably change gaming almost as much as the original like 8-bit processor or super mario brothers and that was the release of doom on the pc i did not have a pc uh, my good friend did his mom had worked for IBM for years and then she'd recently left and was doing contract work, but they gave her when she left, this was in like 92 or 93, a 486 DX 66 PC. And it had like eight megabits of Ram, which was a lot at the time. It was double what they normally had. It was a, it was a, a pricey unit. Anyway, this unit, I mean, we, we had, fiddled around with some other games and we had played Wolfenstein and that was kind of fun. There was something different when he got Doom and I first played it. It was atmospheric. The gameplay was a lot more fun. The immersion, because the graphics were much improved over Wolfenstein and the lighting. There was Wolfenstein had flat lighting and there were no textures on the floors and ceilings. There were only textures on the walls and it was really kind of cartoony and generic. Doom had full textures, floors and ceilings. It had an actual like lighting effect. There were lights that would flicker and light up walls. Like a lot of it was faked with some really clever software tricks that John uh, Carmack did, and then John Romero's art and level design. And it hit all those right as being a 16-year-old that was really into like heavy metal, punk music, D&D, skateboarding, and then the Evil Dead movies. You have this game that comes out and mixed all of that into a game. And it was... That's one of my favorite series, um, minus the new game. Uh, so hop, I've I'm gonna have almost to, every game in the series. I'm gonna have to tell you, what? like, I lost you for like 20 seconds there. So what? I know. Why did you lose me? I don't know. Just you cut out and you're gone, and you're getting your uh, your semi to a full blown, you know, hard, and oh, then just says he heard us. He heard I, me. I I can only control what I can control. So, unfortunately, for there's about twenty seconds that our audience who listened to the recording that was going to miss out on your doom your doom rant. So doom, amazing game, amazing design. Yeah, redefined, created a whole new kind of explosion in genre. Created deathmatch. The term deathmatch comes from doom. That was created by John Romero. Um, and I mean, to this, that's why it's a, for me, these are the games that influenced and like to this day, like if you take these three games, the three genres that I play the most are like role playing adventure games, fighting games, and first person action multiplayer games. And I kind of pared it down to the three games that, that influenced me the most. Now, are there other games I could add to this list? Yeah, ad nauseum, but I liked, I liked our idea of going just to three. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah. Fen, your number three is also a game that uh, I also... You and I are a lot on the same page. It's just that you're 10 years younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, you know, number three was hard for me because there's so many games out there. And, you know, you know, just as an honorable mention, like I had... I almost put the Mass Effect games in there and they... You know, I, I could go on and on about it, but like it was hard for me not to choose that because... This next game is such a, I don't know, like, it redefined what gaming could be for for me in the sense of, like, the way that, like, Counter-Strike was, like, hey, open up the world of online gaming, but this, like, created a whole new level of 
community and talk, and that's Halo. Like, I became absolutely obsessed with Halo the day I got an Xbox and played it. And it just became, you know, all of a sudden became, all right, whose house are we going to 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 play some four-player co-op? Or not co-op, but four-player and just, like, shoot each other. Whose house are we going to that we can bring our Xboxes, our CRT TVs and hook everything up and run, you know, a thousand feet of ethernet cable across the whole house and who has the router and, you know, all these things, right. To be able to play this game and do, you know, the 16 player, uh, multiplayer before all that stuff. I mean, it just was an experience that I don't think will ever come back. Right. With, the improvements of modern technology to make it all easier, obviously, but it's just, it was so much fun. I mean, like we would spend all day talking about, all right, where are we going to be tonight? Like, what are we going to do? Like we would have weekends that were just nonstop playing. I mean, it was, it was gnarly and awesome and just, Oh God. Like, and I think I don't know. Maybe the reason why I still love Halo and the and the reason why I play it still to this day, and I love Infinite, is because of all that nostalgia. That just I know maybe like my brain just gets tickled with it a little bit. That keeps me going. That dopamine kicks in just briefly to remind me of the good times that I had. But I absolutely loved it. And Halo just like I said, it opened up this idea that. You know, gaming is not just for me, it's for the people around me, it's for my friends, and we could just have the utmost blast with it. And, you know, all the Halos, we had a ton a ton of fun playing. And I have very specific memories from each of the Halos that I can just hang up you know with a mental picture on the on a bulletin board and just reminisce about for days and and have fun with it i mean you know one of my favorite memories from halo 5 was fancy halo night like that was that was awesome that was a great time right and and every one of the halos i have something trickled in there like that and it's just it it just makes me, it just reminds me exactly why gaming is fun and why we should continue to reference games in that light, right? So many people get so, you know, butthurt, if you will, of, out of the most ridiculous of things. Instead of just saying, hey, it wasn't for me, and then move on, you know, they have to trash it. And that's not what gaming is. Gaming is supposed to be fun, and we're supposed to. Ha- be able to enjoy it and and build it up and and celebrate when other people are having fun and not tear it down. So I, I love Halo. I love all three of these games and there's so many more games, right? I mean, we could sit here and do a top hundred game episode according to hop and Finn, and it would, you know, it probably wouldn't end well at certain points, but (laughs) at the end of the day, like there are so many great games out there and so many more great games to come. I mean, hell fast forward another 20, 30 years, you know, we may change this list of three games to something completely different. And that is the goal. That is what we want, right? We want these experiences that continue to define who we are as gamers rather than take away from it. So, um, soapbox number two, I will go ahead and step off of now and you know hop any final like comments like any just quick little honorable mentions you want to throw in there man no because i don't want to think like i'm just gonna like i thought so i paired it really down life experience wise yeah to these i mean for me like a lot of your games were the same thing i had a i got a fierce addiction when i got into pc gaming for a little while to counter-strike um really bad (laughs) and then what happened is i got tired of this was during the beginning of the graphic card wars and i got tired of constantly having to upgrade my pc to stay in the gaming status quo and the original xbox came out 
and then Halo, Halo and the original Xbox and Xbox Live. That actually pulled me out of PC gaming. That's why I'm back to console gaming. And part of why I refuse to go back to PC gaming, especially this past couple of years where all of a sudden, if you want the latest and greatest graphics card, it's like trying to win a lottery. But I digress. Um, no, I just, like you said, um, I would love to see other people, anybody that listens to the podcast, uh, especially on tag, jump in and let us know what the three games that, that defined or influenced your gaming life are, no matter what they are, what age they are. You don't need to explain unless you want to give your reasons like like Fen and I did. You could just list your three games and yeah. that's awesome. And it might inspire somebody to try another game. Yeah. And I mean, chat has been going, you know, a lot of people have been responding to our list as well as kind of throwing in their own, you know, two cents on what their games were. And, and this is what I love about tag. You know, we get to kind of celebrate gaming and, and not just, you know, make it a big, you know, shit storm of all this stuff sucks and, you know, we can have fun with it enjoy it and continue to keep playing the things that we like and keep going from there. So, well, Mr. Optimus, you know, it, it's been a while, but I, I've heard some rumblings that the uh, RFC is getting fired up here soon. So tell us a little bit about that. It's 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 backed up, but I am I am guesting on quite a few other shows on Ruminations Radio Network. But yes, you can check out my podcast, Retro Futures Culture, hosted by Ruminations Radio Network. You can hit me up on Twitter at Futurist Retro. Um, you can check out the other shows at ruminationsradionetwork.com. If you want to hit me up via tag to play some games, um, we're going to be really playing a lot of King of Fighters 15. So if you're into fighting games, I'm going to be playing a lot of Call of Duty Vanguard. I'm also, oh, I forgot to list. I've also been kind of dabbling in Rogue Company. That's pretty fun. Uh, hit me up at the tag discord, uh, Optimus Fett, or hit me up on Xbox Live. You can find that if you come to the tag discord. What about you, Finn? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at the Fenrir seven six five, I you know I don't necessarily post a whole lot, but I try to give some some takes on things as well as you know I like to you know respond to other people's ideas and and conversations. And you can also find me on Xbox at Fenrir seven six five. I'd love to you know I I'm down to play almost anything. So if you just hit me up and I have it, I'll jump in there with you and play it. So shoot me a party invite and let's get playing games. But until then, you know, I'm Finn, he's Hop, and we will both catch you on the flippity flip.